0: Okay, so over the last day or two, the last couple of podcasts, I've been talking a lot about where I'm at in relation to, let's say, the business, the podcast, and the MMA gym. And what that has me thinking is, it has me thinking of it in terms of what what I understand and what I don't understand, or what I know and what I don't know. So in relation to mixed martial arts, I don't know everything there is to know about mixed martial arts. I don't think anybody knows everything there is to know about anything. But I know a hell of a lot about it. And I think the same can be said for my business and business in general. I think I know a hell of a lot about it. A mountain yet to learn, a lot done and a lot more to do as the saying goes. But I think it's fair to say that these are domains of expertise that I have. Or relative expertise say. And that has me thinking of the Taoist tradition. So the the Taoist tradition was Chinese mysticism, basically, Chinese mythology. And that's where you, you might have heard of yin and yang. That's where yin and yang comes from. And it's, to a degree at least, it's about there being opposites. So it's about night and day, hard and soft, you know, life and death, that there are two sides to essentially everything. Now it's not entirely dualistic, but there's a, a large component part of it, and another way it's represented is explored territory and unexplored territory. So that's to me is just the exact same as you know knowing stuff and not knowing stuff. You you're deemed to be in explored territory, so I'm in explored territory when I'm working on my business, for the most part, and I'm on, I'm in explored territory when I'm working on this podcast. Because it's a domain that I have a relative amount of expertise in. So there's explored territory and unexplored territory. What you know and what you don't know. Now this can be conceptualised as order and chaos. So order is basically what you know and chaos is what you don't know. Now I'm going to try and infuse that way of thinking into another thought that I've, I've spoken about on the podcast. And it's this idea of getting getting some solid ground under your feet. And I don't mean this literally. I mean it conceptually. This is purely, a, purely abstract. So in order to understand anything, I've argued before, you need solid ground to stand on. You need a bit of what I call philosophical bedrock underneath your feet. And the analogy that I tried to use before was that if you're at sea... And you've no boat, you're just in open water. And you're trying to figure out what might be around you. It's practically impossible because you're 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 busy threading water, you're busy staying afloat. But if you could just get something to to put a foot on, or to put a fingertip on, even something solid, something that you could grasp onto, something that you could hold, you would You wouldn't need to keep threading water. You could just either stand on something or hold on to it. And from that point, you can look around and investigate and and start to explore. But you need something to anchor yourself to. And the same, I think, is the same... I think, sorry, there's a similarity there with thought. And I think that's partly the reason why being brought up within a religious context can be a good thing and why it survived the test of time or at least it could be why it survived the test of time because if you're brought up in an atheistic household say so, you're not really taught anything about any particular religion you the odds are is you'll be taught bits and pieces from different religions but you'll never get a really good grounding in any of them because to know a little bit about a lot of things is akin to knowing nothing in particular about one thing, or not to know an awful lot about one particular thing. But if you grow up Christian, or Muslim, or Jewish, or whatever you grow up with, that particular religion is drummed into you and you understand it on a relatively deep level, or at least you fucking should understand it, that the idea is that you should understand it if it's been drilled into you. Now, here in Ireland, at least, it's drilled into us so fucking hard from such an early age that we tend to just kind of ignore it after a certain time, at least I certainly did. But anyway, the idea being that I'm now arguing that being brought up as a Catholic as I was That stands to me because I have something to compare Islam to. I have something to compare Judaism to. I have something to compare all these other different belief systems to. And I think that Catholicism that I was brought up with is akin to that rock in the ocean that you can stand on. Now, I'm not making any point that that the rock itself is good or the Catholicism itself per se is good. I'm not saying that in the least. What I'm saying is you're better to it's possibly better to have something, bad and odd as it might be, rather than nothing. Because at least if you have something to cling on to, you can kinda of look around and start judging other things based on the thing that is that you were brought up on, the thing that you're you've got a foothold on. And I'm gonna change tact here slightly. And in keeping with the same thing, I'm going to come at it from a different angle to look at it from maybe a different perspective. And I'm going to forget about being adrift at sea. And I'm going to talk about being in a jungle. So you're surrounded on all sides by trees. You can't see 10 foot in front of you. You're surrounded in thick jungle. When you're in that state, you're in unexplored territory. You don't know what's going on and you're lost you do you can't you can't find your way you're lost you're just you're wandering around you don't know where you're going you don't know what to do there's no signpost there's no track there's no nothing but if you wander around that for long enough you'll start making tracks and you'll start to get a grounding in where you are and that area that you're in will turn over time from unexplored to explored territory and you can kind of find yourself and i'm using this as another metaphor for for thought so your thoughts are a little bit like that. And I think the religion that you were brought up with, or the belief structure that you were brought up with, that's akin, instead of a, a rock at sea, it's akin to a path through the forest. It mightn't be a particularly good path. It might be covered in muck and spiders and all sorts of nasty things. But it's something. So you walk along your path for 10 feet. Then you take a hard left into the jungle for 10 feet. You turn around and come back. And you you can always return to your path. If you feel like you're getting out of your depth. Or if, if you feel like you're getting a little bit lost. You always have that space to come back to. And maybe the jungle is a better analogy. Because the more you deviate from your path. The higher the odds are of you getting lost. But the higher the odds are of you actually finding something of value in the thick of the jungle. It's better in some sense on another level because the path could be meandering through the jungle. Whereas the the rock at sea, it's just it's just one spot. Now this one spot isn't without its uses. It gives you it gives you an opportunity to to get your bearings, to kind of to to have a look around, you, to see to see what your to see what the alternatives are, and the same then for the path. The path mightn't lead you anywhere good, and it might only lead in one direction. And if everybody's on the same path, these are all going to the same place, so you you end up with the same thoughts basically. But at least you get a chance to jump on and off the path. As you, so f- as you see fit And I think to a certain degree At least in my own life I jumped off that path fucking years ago But what happened to me was I got lost in the jungle And I couldn't find my way back And I have found myself In unexplored territory And very much by myself And that didn't work out very well for me At all but I would credit all the people on my list of influencers as having essentially guided me back not to the not to that path, but to close enough to the village whereby I could go home and go to sleep if I needed to somewhat within range of safety. that's where they've brought me back to they've grounded me they've given I don't know they've They've in some sense helped me understand the vague memory of the jungle that I've fucking traversed throughout my life, and it's it's weird. It's it's funny. It's, it's so important, I think, to put a narrative to these things. So instead of me trying to explain how this happened to me and that happened to me and that happened to me, like there's, there's a narrative to that. But. There's a difference between a timeline and a narrative. So when I've tried to understand my life, like in hindsight, it helps to put a timeline to it, but only as a first step. So you want to write out a list of things. So, you know, starting with being born and ending with this moment right here and now. There's utility, I think, in plotting when you met your wife or when you met your first girlfriend, when you started your first job, when you finished school, when you won that fight or that tennis game or painted your first picture or won that award or got your degree or went to college or whatever it is that you did. it's it. There's utility in having a timeline of those events written down in front of you so you can kind of see where you were and where you are now and you can kind of see your journey in a timeline. There's utility in that. But there's also utility in putting a narrative to it so putting it a timeline i don't think is a narrative it's maybe it's a type of narrative but what a narrative would be in in the context of your life would be what i just tried to outline there about me walking through the path and getting lost in the jungle that's an actual narrative that's a story and I think it's important that your, your stories are anchored, your personal stories of your own life are anchored in timelines and your timelines are anchored in narratives. They're not anchored in stories. Because the timeline is all ego. Your soul doesn't wear a watch. So the timeline is all it, pure thought. So having a diary of words explaining your life is great for your mind, but it's useless to your soul. In order for your soul to understand it, you need to create a story. You need to create some sort of a drama, some sort of a caricature of your experience. Like I kind of strive to do there with the idea of walking through a a pathway in a jungle. The pathway is the belief system that that was either imposed on me or gifted to me, whatever way you want to phrase it. And that's what people have to navigate the jungle. The jungle basically being... Not their life, but their environment. Your life is the path that you work out in your environment. And just thinking out loud, I wonder is a better analogy for philosophical bedrock, which would be in part at least conceptualised as a, a tiny little rocky island at sea, something that you can anchor yourself to, something that you can cling on to and from there use it as a vantage point to look around you and start exploring. I wonder is a better version of that, instead of it being philosophical bedrock, to use the kind of track through the jungle analogy and to, and to tweak it slightly, I wonder is there utility in framing it as though it's a philosophical runway it's a, or a philosophical launch pad? You know, the idea that where you're going start with a with a takeoff with an initial trajectory. And what I like about that is there's an element of it it takes into consideration momentum because your life your life has an has a momentum. Your life has is it inertia? Back in two seconds and I'm back in the room. Yeah no it is it's it's inertia. But so there's two definitions of inertia here. I have the first one being a tendency to do nothing or to remain unchanged the bureaucratic inertia of the various tiers of government. But I was thinking of it more in the lines of the the physics definition, which is, quote, a property of matter by which it continues its existing state of rest or uniform motion in a straight line, unless that state is changed by an external force or the power required to overcome friction and the inertia of the moving parts. So just to gloss over inertia really quickly because there's a, a certain, your life, I'm, I'm making the claim, I think that your life has a certain inertia. So to give you a better understanding of what I mean by inertia, when you're driving along in your car at 100 kilometers an hour and your car hits an immovable object, let's say it's a, I don't know, a, a, a fucking tree or a, a concrete wall or something, you hit it and before you hit it, Let's just get this out of the way. The wall's not going fucking anywhere, okay? It's going to stop your car dead. The reason you wear a seatbelt is because your body has inertia. Your car has come to a stop as it slams into the wall. As it slams into the immovable object at 100 kilometers an hour, your car is immediately stopped. But you're not attached to your car. You're only sitting on it. And that's why you wear a seatbelt. Because without a seatbelt, you go flying through your fucking windscreen because your body has inertia your body is moving at 100 kilometers an hour and your body doesn't hit the wall. So the car stops, you continue traveling at 100 kilometers an hour and that's what shoots you through the windscreen. But your life, your life has a certain inertia. So what I mean by that is you're living your life, you're going about your daily business and something happens. Again, this is just off the top of the head. It's going to be fairly base, but Let's say you're, there's a fucking shadow on your lung. You get an x-ray. You, you start coughing up blood and you go and you get an x-ray and there's a shadow on your lung and there's a risk that it's cancerous. You're told to stop smoking immediately. But there's an inertia. Like There's, there's, there's an element of you that just kind of keeps on going regardless. The news is like the concrete wall. It's like that immovable object. So the news kind of stops you dead but there's an element of you that keeps on going and that's the urge to keep fucking smoking. A somewhat better example might be you've put on a lot of weight and you've decided. That's it. You've made, you've made your choice. You've made your decision. I'm going to address my lifestyle. I'm going to start exercising more. I'm going to start eating less. I've made the conscious decision. I've had an epiphany. That's it. I've decided. It's done. But it's very rarely like that. You're, you're. There's an, there's an inertia. There's a momentum to your life that just kind of bowls over your mind. Your mind can think what it's like. Your fucking soul is traveling at a rate, and you're not just going to stop it like that. Certainly not with something that it doesn't understand. And I've made the claim before that your mind and your soul are inextricably linked. They they're more they there's a unity between them and collectively they're more than the sum of their parts but that doesn't mean that one understands the other and i don't think they do i don't think there's nearly as much cross communication as people might like to think i think our souls are somewhat separate entities to us and our minds are somewhat separate entities to us so your mind might make the conscious decision to start jiu jitsu or to stop smoking or to stop eating processed foods but your fucking soul is other plans and there's a momentum behind it. And it keeps kind of trundling on, almost regardless what you do, to a degree. Now, your your mind can certainly influence your soul, and your soul can certainly influence your mind, but it's not as though one can overwrite the other. So that's what's been rattling around my head for the last couple of hours, just in case you are wondering. And on that note, I'll chat to you soon. <laughs>